On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about more NFL offseason moves, do a quick check-in with the NBA, and look back on the first two rounds of March Madness. Then, we continue our watch of Ted Lasso with a discussion of episodes 6 through 10 of season 1. Hope you enjoy the pod. Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Recibo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Thursday, March 24th. And just as we talked about last week, there has been crazy amount of NFL news. Uh, and just breaking today, we see Tyreek Hill is no longer going to be catching passes from Pat Mahomes. Um, and will likely be catching passes from Tua Tagovailoa on the Miami Dolphins. What did you, were you surprised by this trade and what are your initial reactions to it? Yeah, I was pretty surprised by this trade. I figured, I mean, he wanted the big contract. I guess the Chiefs are not going to give him what the Dolphins gave him. I mean, $120 million contract, but still, I thought he was like Mahomes' dude. And then, like, that connection is unreal. The weapon he is for a team like the Chiefs, I I, I mean, Chiefs will still be good with Kelsey, Juju there. Um, good that's the other game. thing to call out Juju they signed Juju so I don't know if that played a factor in them being okay with letting him go but it's a similar player I mean no one is as explosive as Tyree Kill in the league yeah. like his speed and is able to just beat people with his speed can't be matched so I, I guess but Juju's just older now I, eh, I don't know I don't know who's going to fill the shoes on the chiefs. They're going to have to find a different weapon in that kind of position. Um, but I mean, the veteran leadership of Juju, I'm sure like he knows he's been a wide receiver in the league for a while. So I could see that be why, but I think he just got the deal. I mean, chiefs got a great deal out of it with the draft picks they bring in for a team that good. Um, so we'll see. It's I mean, I, a lot of speed now on the dolphins. Waddle and uh, Tyreek right there. So there's what's our resident dolphin uh, expert. Kind of what I said there. Speed. I need to get a little more out of him to see how he feels about it. Um, I don't. I know he probably won't be thrilled about the draft picks, but having Tyreek Hill on the team, you know, if Tua can put something together, you know, in a division now. I mean, they're not going to be on the Bills level, but. They're, they were in the mix fighting for a wild card spot last year. So this might put them back in that mix of fighting for another wild card spot. Yeah. We got a new coach there. It seems like they're doing some things to improve the offensive line a little bit too. I think they've signed one or two people there. Um, yeah, but they did give up quite a bit. Uh, a lot of draft picks, which is probably why the Chiefs were okay with it. 
And you were talking about age. You know, Juju's only 25 and Tyreek's 28. So from that end, they're actually getting someone younger, probably not as explosive uh, from that end. And I could see them maybe wanting to, McCall Hardman has similar type speed to Tyreek Hill. So maybe they think they have something there where they can groom him into uh, what are you, like a B version of that, which is maybe still okay with, you know, Kelsey still being there. I think they got um, one of the running backs from the Dolphins in that deal too. So, um, so yeah, I think there's, there's some potential there that they're, you know, trying to figure out some new weapons, maybe play around with the offense a little bit and um, not be so obvious. Cause at the same time of having Tyreek Hill as a weapon, that's also a target, right? Like that's, that's people they're going to like circle and go after. And, and with him not being there, it's a little bit less clear what the uh, offense is going to look like. So maybe defenses aren't as clear on how to handle the Mahomes offense anymore. So maybe there's some strategy to that, but definitely surprised because they, they had done so well together and looked like a great, like pairing. Um, so that definitely surprising from that end of things. Um, the other big move, uh, we'll get to the Deshaun Watson stuff in a second, but Matt Ryan, uh, no longer an Atlanta Falcon and uh, was traded to the Colts. Uh, were you surprised by the that, the destination? What do you think of the Colts um, adding him? I like it. Um, I think he has one last run in him. Um, I think that's a good running game for him. Um, good quarterback that, you know, does a pretty good job of taking care of the ball. I'm, I'm, I like it for the Colts. Um, good for him to get away from Atlanta too, you know, brought them to a Super Bowl. So um, I think that's all he could have done with them. He's not going to get back there with them, but, you know, he could put on a little bit of a run with the Colts if that defense continues to be as strong as it has been and lives up to that potential. Instead, a great running game and a solid offense. Uh, good for Matt. Good spot for Matt Ryan to end his career. Yeah, I think so too. It's probably the best uh, alternative to, to staying in Atlanta um better chance of winning I mean that puts them probably at the front of winning that division now I know the Titans will still be tough but um I put some right in the mix definitely an improvement over Carson Wentz who hasn't shown that he can be as consistent or productive as Ryan has shown he can be um although the age is is definitely something to consider there and see if that's a, a factor in in how well he does um but then still tough on the AFC side so it's not like they, the Colts are now Super Bowl favorites. I don't see that being the case, no. uh, but they definitely will compete in their division. They'll be a tough, tough team to beat, but um, not sure it really moves the needle there enough to to make them really contenders against the rest of the that super talented AFC uh, quarterback class and teams over there. Um, and then, like I already said, Deshaun Watson. Um, so again, still has the 22 pending. Um, cases against him for sexual assault, sexual misconduct. Um, and so like, there's still the likelihood of a, um, suspension looming for him from the NFL itself, let alone what other legal things could happen. Um, definitely it's surprising, but not surprising at the same time that teams were willing to look, overlook that stuff. They even Brown's claim to have done their due diligence, yeah. but uh -huh. only talk to him <laughs> about it. Uh, not actually talking to the lawyer or any of the clients that they have that are, are, are um, making these cases against him. Um, so I don't know how much they consider that due diligence, uh, but it's also not surprising because this is consistent with how the NFL has operated in the past with people with 
with poor histories of, of abuse to either women or, or just in general. Um, so not a great look from that end of things. Just want to clear that up and get that out of the way now, because there's someone else out there that was a quarterback that led a team to the Super Bowl, And all he did was take a knee during the national anthem and has never been looked at as a quarterback again. And like, that then you have players like that that have these allegations against them and they're getting the highest paid NFL contract. Um, so I don't know what the what the difference is in, in their mindsets in these things. Um, I will say Deshaun Watson from a talent standpoint is definitely a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, but I don't think it excuses anything uh, uh, have how this situation has played out. Oh, I'm being, not. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first before I, I say need- that. Clearly, the Browns are setting up for a one-year suspension for him because they're only paying a million dollars in the first year. And yeah, front-loaded or back-loaded it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's clear. Like, if you're just if you're good at football, they'll find a place for you on the field, uh, and that's pretty much it. Doesn't really matter what you do, and as long as it's not criminal charges, they're just not. They're gonna look past it. Um, if, if you can, if they can put you on the field, they don't really care. So I think they should just stop faking it like they do care um, and just run with being a league of degenerates who just want to win football games and make money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we're talking about the executive side of that too, the, the, the degenerates, because there's plenty of football players that are not degenerates just to, <laughs> I know that's not what you meant in any way. But I, there I don't are. know. I mean, I, yeah, I guess there are plenty of football players that are not degenerates. Um, I am talking more about the side of the running of the football team from the coaching staff all the way up to the ownership, mostly with the ownership and down. So if, you, if you're running the football teams, a lot of them, they just, they're so pressured to win. They don't see anything else except winning. So, I mean, and there's a history with Tyree Kill and, and his past too, and he's already been kind of overlooked and clearly getting contracts and traded and has a lot of value too. So you don't want to overlook that because that's also part of that guy's past. Um, Another player on the Browns, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a long, we can, we can just lift these up. But... Ben Roethlisberger who just left my team yeah. it, it disappeared from his past. Like I, we can go through tons and tons of players on this, but the NFL just looks past it. Yeah. If, if they think or qualify you to be uh, worth the, um, the headache that it causes or to um, think that they value that over the importance of, uh, you know, justice and, and things like that. But regardless of that, he has officially been signed. He was initially the Browns were out of the running. Um, and then all of a sudden he was on the Browns, uh, which obviously Baker Mayfield still going to look for a destination for him. Not sure where that will end up um, landing him. Any predictions on where he goes? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who else is left. <laughs> and I think it's going to drag out because I don't think he's a hot commodity. Um, yeah. I don't see him getting signed before the draft. Yeah, maybe I could see. I mean, would you think the Steelers would take a flyer on him? Because why not? Or the Eagles or the Lions? Because I, I don't know. Who would you rather have, Baker or these quarterbacks that aren't like highly touted but like maybe have some potential upside we've seen baker what he can do already so like is it worth not really going through the growing pains of of a rookie that couldn't pan out and get someone that's kind of you know average and won a playoff game already and and had some modicum of success uh in his career not like a lot but had some depends on the team 
um, for sure. Like, is a team in a year where if they have a veteran leader or someone who has experience under center, like, does that make them a playoff team, a playoff contender? Um, or is it a team on the rebuild? If it's a team on the rebuild, I'm probably going to, and there's a, someone in the draft you like, I'm going to go for the person in the draft I like and work with them. Um, it also depends what Baker's interested in and what Baker's asking for. So I don't think he'll get signed before the draft. I think people, player teams will go through the draft and then come back and see if they can sign him or um, if that's something they want. But I, I, I just don't, I don't know what team he fits. Like he, he had, a, the Browns were good. Like they put talent around him and there was opportunities to be successful in Cleveland. And yeah, they took the team to the playoffs, won a playoff game against the Steelers or Steelers. Everything did not go their way. And the ball did play well and the ball bounced their way and then played very well against the chiefs in the next week um, in a low scoring close game. Um, but then this year just couldn't, couldn't get it together. You know, OBJ wanted out because he wasn't quote unquote getting the ball enough um so so yeah he'll end up somewhere else I mean I don't know I don't I think he's better than Trubisky so I don't see him having to sit behind someone like Trubisky did for a year but I don't know like maybe he ends up somewhere fighting for fighting for a starting job I don't know yeah, I think or, that wait, wait to be seen yeah or he gets signed as the best backup quarterback um though he's potential of that like you know his safety um there but it also like there's an argument to be made that like the Browns were successful in spite of him being on the team too. Like you were saying, like there could they have done more with a player like Deshaun Watson of that that caliber, that talent level? I mean, probably because um, there's there's definitely le- levels to the to that skill set that could bring your team further along. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up landing. Um, as for Deshaun Watson, your division now has Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, assuming Deshaun Watson is, in, is able to end up playing, and Lamar Jackson. Two of those guys are in not have not even played five years yet, and Deshaun Watson is very young as well. How do you feel about your chances in that division now? Wild. And, and then add in the Mahomes, Josh Allen, yeah. <laughs> other side of that too, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Consistently, the AFC North continues to be the best division in football, like top to bottom. Um, there's better teams on the top of other leagues, but like top to bottom, one through four, there's not a better division in football. And it continues to show these teams reload. Um, and now with the Bengals having a quarterback, the Ravens have had their quarterback. We'll see what happens with the Browns and the Steelers. Um, they at least everybody has a name at quarterback right now. And that's where you start your teams. Um, good defenses on all these teams um, and weapons on every team from wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all four teams could have a winning record in this flipping division. Um, you could be in fourth place at nine and eight or whatever. So or you're going to um, beat each other up and a good team is going to have a really bad record. Despite the fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Obviously it's the Bengals division right now. Um, I don't think anybody can argue that uh, Browns with this Deshaun Watson move will be better in the future. Again, I, I think he might be serving a pretty lengthy suspension whenever uh, Goodell hands that down. Um, and the Ravens were down last year, but are primed to be a bounce back team. So um, 
yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, 15 years of winning records for the Steelers under Tomlin is it's in jeopardy. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough year. Yeah. So a surprise that their main move was Mitch Trubisky and maybe drafting uh, a quarterback. And when clearly teams are not willing, I think Stefan, Stefan Diggs like uh, posted a tweet today. It was like, what is going on? Because like, this has been one of the wildest uh, NFL off seasons so far. And it was kind of surprising the Steelers, you know, a renowned franchise and organization, you know, very successful and they don't have their quarterback is Mitch Trubisky who last we saw like actually really playing, not counting his time with the bills was not doing well for the Chicago bears. Um, and yet, yet there's a lot of, but I'm just saying there are, there is a lot of quarterbacks that have changed teams and the Steelers were not, I don't remember them being in those conversations and people weren't picking them, which is surprising to me. I'm curious. So we got Trubisky in a two-year deal. Um, that tells me we don't maybe like anybody in this year's class. Maybe we do draft somebody. I hope we don't draft a quarterback early now. But, you know, two years with a quarterback that took a bad Bears team to the playoffs twice and got a win with them under your all-time favorite head coach. Yeah. Um, so I like the two-year deal. And, you know, if he may, I bet if he has a good year this year, you see an extension pretty quick on that. Um, so I'm still pretty happy with Trubisky. I think it's a good for, fit for him. I know we've talked about this last week. Um, yeah, we didn't get a big splash. I, I get that. Um, obviously, I'm okay with not signing Watson. Um, Russell Wilson was kind of on my bucket list of quarterbacks to sign. Didn't get him. So, I mean, not the end of the world. I like where our talent is at other key positions. So we'll see. I think I think Tabisky can step in, though. And, I mean, what we did with a Ben Roethlisberger that was a shell of himself last year, um, I definitely think he can slide into that role and at least pick at least pick up where Ben left off last year. Yeah, I think I would have liked, and I don't think this is, like, just changes – things entirely but i do think like carson wentz would have been an interesting choice for like i think because of the system that you know having tomlin and that like a good coach you have good really good running back you have some good talented wide receivers a solid defense to kind of hold the the thing there like maybe carson wentz would be like a step up and you kind of just describe the colts yeah, uh, but I mean, the Colts <laughs> yeah, were I mean, good last year I, and like had a chance. Like, I think Tomlin's probably a better coach than the Colts coach um, was. And that's not to say the coach, Colts coach isn't good. I'm just, T- Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Like, that's got to help a little bit. Like, is Carson Wentz, was he, would he have played much differently than Roethlisberger? Maybe even a little bit better because he's a little bit younger and more mobile? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. So, yeah. it's just something um, I was thinking about. I don't know though who else they get. Like, uh, there's not like a ton of other options out there. But like, I don't. I'm glad they didn't go for Ryan that he was available. Um, I do think like getting someone like Gardner Minshew would have been that would have been interesting. That would be an interesting. He would have fit in Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, that would be a good one. But but I'm good with Mitch. I'm happy for him. I think he'll do well. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's got a shot. And then to go back to the Dolphins thing with Tua, if he is a starter with talent like Waddle and Tyree Kill, uh, and he's not able to do well with that, 
I think that's the sign um, of things. At the to, end of the experiment. It might be the time for me to say that I was wrong. Uh, unfortunately, based on what we had seen, I think it wasn't a crazy belief, but I think if he's not able to do much with that talent, um, then it might be time to change it up there. Um, the other thing I wanted to show you was the USFL, which is this other alternative football league that's starting up, uh, released their rules today. And I was excited by a lot of the options. And I, wanted, I know you said you haven't reviewed them or heard them yet. I want to get your thoughts on them. So they gave updates to a new point after attempt, uh, a new alternative to the onside kick, and then overtime rules. What do you want to start with first? Which rule do you want to hear? Uh, let's go with the overtime rules. Overtime rule is each team's offense will alternate plays against the opposing defense from the two-yard line. Each, each successful scoring attempt will receive two points, and the team with the most points after three plays wins. The subsequent attempts become sudden death if the score is tied after each team runs three plays, and the overtime period will extend until a winner is declared. Do you make get that? So it's a two-point conversion attempt, and you go back and forth. It's just alternating. So one team tries, they get it, they get two points. Next team tries, if they get it, two points. And so, then if they miss, it's okay. They keep going because basically you have – if it's six is what your goal or is, but, like, you can get two and win, right? Two kind of – I don't know if speed this long is will – they, will they be at different sides of the field? Like, or are they running on and off? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Does that, that would matter? totally make, like, if they put them at other sides of the field, like, that would make a lot of sense. Like, all right, we're done down here, onto this oh, side. That would Think be smart. That, like, can, like, if they're running, like, defense, offense, on and off, on and off, on and off, I'm like, that'd be that's, annoying. That's different. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it, though. I, I would, I would probably alter it and not have it be from the two. Maybe it's from the 10, but like, but there is a, which I'll lead to the next rule. The next rule is there's an alternative to, or another three um, point after attempt, which is it's a three point option and it's, you get a play from the 10 yard line. You go for that every time. To three points. You go for that every time. What do you think about that as the option? It's almost too Do you easy. like that being introduced or do you think that's almost too easy? I guess I'm saying it's too easy, but I would go for three every time. Three is a lot. Yeah. It's a Which ton. is probably a good thing. I'd love to see that like happen more frequently. It's definitely a more exciting play than from the two yard line. And that's a so touchdown it's, it's, though. If you do it twice. What do you mean? Wow. Oh like, yeah. If, if you, you get like two of those, it's essentially a touchdown. Yeah. That's a nine point. It could be a nine point swing in a game. Yeah, I love no it. No is safe. I like it a lot. Well, I mean, being up seven and kicking a field goal to go up 10 will now be massive. Yes. So it'd be super important. I go for three. You go for three every single time. I mean, I would go for two every time. Because like, <laughs> I, I just don't like the point after attempts, but like, I, I think this is a, an exciting alternative. But so. That's why I was like, to your point, like you could have the overtime be that where it's from the 10 yard line um, instead of the two, which is a little bit more variance. It's a little bit tougher, but. I just, I, mean, I think the best overtime rule is whatever yardage you start from and you just play it out, whatever you want the time to be and just 
go and play it out. I don't know if it's five, two fives or whatever it is, but hey, different. They're trying something different. I hadn't heard it this version before, and I kind of like the approach. So I think it's an interesting idea. Um, The last one I really like too. Um, alternative for an onside kick. And I've seen this proposal in some version before. Um, you can retain possession after scoring if you're able to convert a fourth and 12 from your own 33. Fourth and 12 from your own three? 33. 33. So if you miss it, the team's getting the ball wherever the player is downed. And if it's not after the first, if it's not a, a first down yardage. I love that approach. Thirty-three. <laughs> so assuming it's an incomplete pass, like the, the other team is almost essentially in field goal range as soon as they get the ball. So where I guess where on where's where's the average where what's the average spot a team if they get the onside kick? It's where's the, so it's around the so, fifty, right? It's around the fifty because it has to go ten yards. They're kicking yep. from the thirty-five, right? So it's got to be. It's around the 45, 50 yard line, depending on how far it rolls. I probably, I I mean, I don't know what. So 12 yards, you think gets from the 33, 12 yards. Yeah. So that gets you to where you probably would get the ball on a. um, Well, either team would probably get the ball. That's. And puts you in good position to be in scoring position quickly too. Like you're like near the 50 so you need like another 10 if you only need a field goal you get like 10 to 15 yards you're you're attempting a potentially makeable field goal like a, a realistic one it's tough but it's possible and i like it from the other side too like and it, i just think the onside kicks are so unlikely like this would increase like the percentage quite a bit i think Dang. yeah um i, mean, so I loved you're, all you're, of these rules tearing up a team, i just might keep going for it yeah why not if you get up two touchdowns why not just go for it yeah i think it's great fourth and 12 is manageable hmm. yeah, defense you hold them to a field goal if you're okay with that and like i might just go for i wonder where they got 12 from and not like 15 like 15 yard penalties yeah. why don't you make it fourth and 15 but because i think right. it puts am at the 50 yard line if they get it so we are taking or the 45 yard line sorry <laughs> slowly but surely we're taking kickers out of the game <laughs> i don't mind that like i well, i would love i'd love for punters to not exist in the nfl what would you do instead you have to go for it everyone that's that's rough i think it's exciting but the other alternative would be um you decide to like not go for it and you start like i don't know the other direction i just would rather see going for it all the time on fourth downs it's like you have to be way more strategic with it or you could do a throw off i guess like throw it and whoever the ball i, I like the i think there's a skill to punting and if there is i'm not saying punters aren't valuable i just don't care to see it in in the game like i'd rather watch teams going for it on fourth down the pressure of having to convert that and then you know that sort of thing then you wouldn't then you wouldn't have Devin hester i'm okay with that Oh, wow. That was pretty exciting to watch him. It was. Yeah. I, and I don't want to, you know, Dante Hall. I remember those days too. Like it was, it's always exciting, but I, I don't know. It's more exciting to me. Is like, is this team going to be able to convert a fourth down from their own five yard line? <laughs> I mean, like that's that's, terrible. That's I love that though. 
I think it's super exciting because you'd have to be really smart with that play. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Agree to disagree. I don't, I don't mean I, from the Cowboys point of view, if they're the ones losing that and like turning the ball over there, like that sucks. But like, I think it's more exciting from an overall fan perspective. Like it's, it makes things way more interesting and strategic because it's so much easier to make the decision. Like think how quickly the coaches like bring the punt team out in this context. Yeah, it'd have to cool. be like, shoot, like we have to really come up with a smart play here. Like <laughs> at it, least I, give us more yards or something. Like we have to do something. It does change up the play call. But, but it's more I, on the coaches. Cause it's easy for them to just be like, send the punt team out and that's it. Like most well, of the time terrifying in that part of your end zone. Most of the time it's, it's a fair catch. There's blocks are not happening that frequently. I, I don't know. I, I, that was just my opinion on, on punting. And I know that's an extreme opinion, but I, I think it's a, a more interesting, exciting version of football. If you're forced to go for it, or at the very least you just say, we're passing up our attempt to go for this fourth down and the other team gets to go from like a certain position on the other side of the field. Like, Oh, then they, if you're passing it up, then they get to start from the 35, their own 35. Watch out punters. Anthony's coming for your job. Hell yeah. Cause I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to become one <laughs> to get paid a ton of money. And I probably could have that or field goal kicker. Uh, I'm always regretful. Like I should have, I should have, I should have spent all of my time doing that instead of, <laughs> of soccer. I'd be like making so much money now. All right. But anyway, I just wanted to share those rules with you. I thought they were interesting. Um, we'll switch over to basketball. Not much news in the NBA. We're getting closer to the end of the season. A couple more, two to three more weeks left of games. Um, Celtics are still on fire. So from uh, two Boston's Celtics fans, that's exciting for us. And still very surprising that they're doing as well as they are. Um, still don't love who they might have to play in the first round. We'll see <laughs> about that. Uh, and then we had Zion potentially making a return. I don't know if it will happen this season um, at this point, but we saw video of him playing dunking and there was reports of him doing one-on-one. So exciting from that end of things. Um, very calculated. Oh yeah. Very, like very getting ready for the off season for <laughs> exactly a timing of letting these videos begin to come out, um, working his way back into shape maybe we see him back in the court late, probably not, but rounding into good shape with good videos coming out right as the off season hits, like a very, very calculated move by him and his team. Yeah. Convenient. Um, but so, but still love watching him play. He's a very exciting player. Yeah. So happy to see him that he's healthy enough to be showing those kind of things and doing those things. Uh, so hopefully that means we will see him on the court again, very soon, whether it's with new Orleans or, some other team. Uh, I, I'm just excited to see him back out there again. Um, other basketball stuff that we do have March Madness going on. So that's kind of taken over basketball world. Um, nothing too crazy or exciting. Um, no buzzer beaters, which is always like how I like to gauge my March Madnesses. I love watching the buzzer beaters and seeing that happen. There has been none of those. Um, there has been more of that on the women's side of things, though. There's been some exciting upsets uh, there. Uh, including I was out already. Baylor lost early. Good for South Dakota. That's an impressive run by them. Baylor won. Um, yeah, Baylor's out. Um, I was out. Um, UConn had a, had a struggle against UCF, which was scary to watch. Um, 
but yeah, and then from the guy's side, Kentucky, that's the big one. I know you wanted to kind of talk about St. Peter's, the big 15 Ooh. seed at Cinderella, uh, took out Kentucky and now they and beat Murray State. So, uh, well, I mean, I told you, Stat, before we got on here, John Calipari's salary is five times the amount of the entire budget for the St. Peter's basketball team. Like, that is nuts. There's no, they have no business winning that game. Zero, but that's what makes this great. 15 over two. Um, I'd argue, I know the numbers were different, the 16 over the one with Virginia, like it never had happened before. I'd argue this is like a larger gap between these two teams in like competitive advantage. And the fact that they were able to beat um, Kentucky, I think thing might be more impressive or at least just as impressive and they moved on to the sweet 16. Yeah. Um, Especially when you consider Calipari's reputation, like he's a, he's won national titles. Kentucky's like a blue blood is what they call it. Like Virginia's not, wasn't at that level that coach had never won before. Um, Their players don't consistently go to the NBA like the Kentucky players do. So like from that end of things, you might be, Right, but I don't want to take away from UMBC either. No, I don't like, either. <laughs> um, like the sixteen over the one had never happened before, but I, I'm just, it's, yeah, it was impressive. Good for St. Peter's. I like their coach a lot. Sounds like he'll end up back at his alma mater at the end of the season. But good for him to take advantage. Who's that? Of, uh, Seton Hall. Oh, uh, cool! I just saw that so, their other coach just got hired. Yep. Uh, so I would, I think he will, but good for him making a quick run right before that happened. Good for him that the stars can align and he can get a nice big payday, move on to another team that I think he'd have a lot of success with his coaching style he currently has. Yeah, for sure. Um, any new final four predictions you want to make? Since I well, think your teams, both Illinois and USC are out. Um, and Kentucky was one of mine that I had in there too. And they're out. I still, I'm still, I mean, I'm not thrilled about it, but I still believe Duke is um, going to make a run to the, and win it all. Um, wow. I was going to ask, because my other question to you was going to be, who is the uh, Coach K's last loss to? <laughs> nah, he's going to go out a winner and it's going to be frustrating and I'm going to hate every second of it, but that it's going to happen. I I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you. I want my brag to continue to crash and burn. Um, but I already feel like it's it's gonna the stars are gonna align for Coach K. It's just meant to be. Um, so, but uh, Purdue, I always you know, I I always get sucked in by their size and their athleticism. Um, but ah, I. I'm going Gonzaga. I still believe in them. Uh, UCLA. So we get a rematch in the final four there. Like that. And then Arizona, Kansas, I think is Arizona looks good. I know they had a tough game against TCU, but I think they're, they're a really talented team and, and Kansas looks good uh, right now too. I'll stick to the left side of my bracket. I had Duke and Purdue in the final four, so I will stick with that. But that UNC-UCLA matchup, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. One of the really yeah. good ones. Um, the other sides are a little bit tougher. 
I mean, I think Kansas has the easiest road ahead. Um, and I could see Arizona or Villanova making it out of that group, but I like your Arizona pick. They've just they're in a very aggressive, good team playing well right now. Um, and man, ah, could we see a little run out of Providence right now? That'd be fun. I'd love to see them take. I don't not a, like Kansas is is another team I'm not like a huge fan of, but like, um, but I that's a, I mean you got Miami and uh, who's the other a group on there? Uh, Iowa State. Like, yeah. I don't. They got Kansas a pretty easy a nice path if they really get by them. Yeah, them. I mean, Providence will be a tough game for them. They won the Big East for the first time ever this year, um, regular season. So, I mean, I would love to see Providence go on a little run. I like Kevin Cooley there, the head coach. Um, I think he's done a good job and has stuck with that program when I believe like other opportunities have uh, presented themselves to him. Um, Make the pick. Make him. Providence, to and the... Providence and Arizona. There you Hell go. Hell yeah. Right? I like that. You're getting bold. I like it. I went three one seeds and you, you changed it up yes. <laughs> and went with one one seed. So I like it. <laughs> Um, well, I took Arizona, right. also Arizona and Duke. So, oh yeah. no, Jags are one seed on that side. So, so yeah, just yeah. one one seed. And you still think South Carolina, right? You had South Carolina winning the whole thing for the girls. No, I I went with UConn. Hell yeah! All right, so we still got them. Going you far. you uh, pressured me into that one last. Yeah, week. you better pick UConn. You got <laughs> it. Until they're like a team that's like, you know, not in a one or two seed position, then I don't think you cannot pick them so and staley is doing a good job at south carolina i i think they're playing so well just... they had a tough tough um game last time though uh did not play well but they are a good team um all right so that's it for sports news for now um ted lasso though we're back uh we're watching through that i know casey already finished the the whole series which is great he loved it um, but for this talk, we're doing episodes six through 10 of season one. Um, and yeah, we, I can do, I'm going to do some synopses again. Yep. All right. Let me pull those up in the meantime. So we're going to do our thing we did last time, which was a uh, hat trick, which is like, I don't want to call it our three favorite things, but, um, kind of like the three, um, three what three takeaways. Yeah, three takeaways or three things that you just want to talk about or, or liked or um, thought was well executed or whatever it is. Because sometimes there are going to be things that were like, I almost had Ted's panic attack on there. And I want to be like, it's not my favorite thing that he had a panic attack, but it was well done that he had a uh, like the reason and, and um, thought put into it. All right. So the first one is season, or episode six, Two Aces. Ted struggles emotionally with the end of his marriage. Uh, or actually, I'm going to pull up. That's a longer synopsis. I'm going to pull up a different, shorter one that gives a better hint at what it is. Otherwise, I'm basically just reading off exactly what the thing is. Uh, when Jamie refuses to train, Ted turns to talented new signing Danny Rojas. Football is life, and the team is struck by an age-old curse. Um. Make Rebecca great again. Rebecca deals with her anniversary blues. Ted signs papers and has a small breakdown. An old friend of Rebecca introduces herself to Ted. The Diamond Dogs. Ted and Roy are both having relationship problems. Ted consults the Diamond Dogs while, while Roy lays it on the line with Keely. All apologies. 
After a series of mistakes on the pitch, pressure mounts to bench Roy. Rebecca finally reveals the truth to Ted and the hope that kills you. Richmond plays a climactic match that will determine the fates of Ted and his club. Those are the episodes. What are your, what's your hat trick? Uh, you go first. My first one is, and I mentioned this last time because you said you jumped ahead, um, a Ted's dart match against Rupert. I love that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. Uh, Ted's uh, monologue about being curious, not judgmental, um, and um, kind of his besting of Rupert in that moment and um, you know, winning and, and helping Rebecca out. I think it builds their relationship with each other um, and grows that bond uh, even greater. And you get a little bit of insight into Ted and you can hear that he lost his father at a young age. I think he mentioned it before where you see a little bit more about that and when it happened um, and how clearly that impacted his life in some capacity. And, um, and I just like that moment. Rupert's clearly like the evil uh, person in the, in the show. So like getting and besting them in, in that way. Um, just a great scene overall. I, I just really enjoy being in that moment with the, with those characters and, and, and that be curious, not judgmental line is, I love that. Um, I really enjoyed the hope that kills you um, in the last episode, just that whole mantra of, you know, everybody being worried, like you don't hope for things pretty much or don't like wish for things. And, and clearly Ted is the exact opposite. Like the dreams are what you live for. Um, you know, his whole speech at the end about hope and the importance of hope, um, I thought was great. Uh, yeah, the pregame speech you're talking about, uh, that he gave, yes, yeah, but he, I love that. Yes, um, and uh, the love line, like, is that from a movie or real life? Both, both, yeah, yeah. The do you, I call it the do you believe in miracles speeches, is what that one was, yeah. Um, but just that whole way they stretched that out through the entire episode, um, you know, from him, like running to the bathroom to get his belief sign to show Nate, like all these different things of how important believing in things is to him and how important that is to a winning programmer to build for the future. Um, so I thought that was a great run through there. Yeah, that faith. What do you think of the dart scene? Did you it was know? good. I love how he hustled a hustler. Um, oh, I forgot I was left-handed. Um, obviously I said I won't dive too deep in it because you learn more um kind of about uh ted's history with his father later on yeah. um but but yeah i thought that was pretty good the way he just kind of finished it off um everything he talked about right there um uh, he wins so <laughs> he wins with a, with a good class with great style um he didn't, he didn't never at any point rubbed it in Rupert's face, like, or was boisterous or loud or obnoxious. Like he just handled his business with a smile on his face the whole way through and put Rupert right back in his place. Like, yeah. and defended, he didn't really defend um, uh, Rebecca's honor, but like defended his friend. And was like, I don't want to see my friend hurt. I'm yeah. going to do what I can to remedy this problem um, for her. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a role that Lasso like loves to be in is helping his friends. 
Um, so I, I think he was very comfortable in that situation. Yeah. And they stand in, in stark contrast of each other too. And in, in terms of like Rupert's, um, uh, character and personality compared to Ted's and, um, you know, Rupert's a lot more conniving and, uh, manipulative and Ted's very much not that way. Um, also it's in the moment that we learn that Rupert is actually figured out a way to finagle himself back into, uh, Richmond ownership in some capacity which is a super shady way of doing it. And um, so it makes sense why Ted was trying to step in there to, to help out uh, Rebecca. Um, so my second one is, I love this. And I, I think I hinted at this in some capacity, but the Roy Keeley uh, relationship development great. was great over the, this like um, five episodes. So good. Um, it can continue to progress and progress as each episode went on and, um, those two together is just really great. Uh, the, the blossoming of that. <laughs> you don't That's like it? Or I say no now. No. You don't like it? I love it. No, I'm saying. Oh, I, oh okay. like it. Yeah, yeah. Way I say no now. Every time I hear someone go no, I'm just like, no. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, love uh, love the Rory Keeley um, dynamic. It's very different Again, from each other. But Keeley is another character on this show that they could have ruined, I think or have done wrong, um, but they make her extremely lovable. They make her bright. Um, She's infectious. They, her her energy is like infectious and, yes. and everything to you. So she's not, no character so far has been too much. They have a role and they, they follow their roles perfectly. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with her character. Like you just said, she's infectious. Um, brings it out some brings a lot of good pieces out of Roy um about everyone almost it's it's like whoever is talking to her I guess I'll go with my I thought one of the one of the best speeches came from her I guess will be my second hat trick is when uh Roy is struggling with getting benched yeah um and oh the conversation with his niece yeah Yeah. his knee and he's like everybody just knows me as a soccer player like no one knows me as anything else and pulls the niece over and like describe your uncle to me and she doesn't once say he's a footballer he's a soccer player or any like he's the best football player at blah 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 and i thought that was a really good spin again that wasn't too corny wasn't too cheesy but was like really put it in perspective for roy um and set up that episode the ending of that episode very well I really enjoyed that uh, aspect of it. Um, what was your, what, that was your number two, you said? Yeah, I'll go, yep. Yeah, and then my last one is because of the choice here, it's not that like I didn't love that we see Richmond lose and get relegated, but I think it's a incredibly smart choice for the show to make um, because a lot of times in these types of sports shows, it's very predictable. Oh, they're, they're, down and out and they come through at the last minute to uh win or to achieve whatever it is that they were seeking and in this case they didn't go in that direction not that it was like i didn't fully expect it but like it would not be a shock for a a, a tv series or a movie to make that choice and have them win and and it's like a happy ending in this case it's not that it's a sad ending in this case but it's the more disappointing result happens um, and I like that they chose to make that choice in the way that they did too with, you know, Jamie 
you know, ha- like making the play that Ted always pushed him to do. And uh, so you can see that like Ted's impact on him, like Ted was like probably really, really proud in that moment. He's very happy for Jamie that he did and made the play that he did in order for his team to win. Even if it hurt Ted's team, he, he sees that as being like a win because he's able to get through to him, a player like that. Um, but yeah, to have them to get relegated, I think is a smart, was a smart choice on their part to, um, you know, duck the, the typical norm in, in these types of shows, but also from a storyline perspective too. And now we get to see them struggle in, in the lower division or, or can they get their way out of it? Um, I'm going to do like two halves on this. My Go for one. it. Go for it. <laughs> um, love the Diamond Dogs. Uh, uh, Diamond I love Dogs. How great. they come back and you see them more and more. And it's a good way of getting multiple characters on the show together to work out a problem. And, and the four of them together is a great group. Um, so I enjoy the Diamond Dogs. You get a lot of good quotes from Ted. Um, I like the Ted beard back and forth. You see, no matter like what the situation is. Um, it's the five of them you said four there are five now well not yet yeah no roy gets added in when he asked for keely's help help with keely's relationship and ted calls in the diamond dogs and he's super sarcastic to them i think that's later because he's not uh, on the coaching staff yet i know I didn't, he, I didn't think he became a diamond dog till the coaching staff i don't know if there's an official induction ceremony but ted calls the diamond dogs and they and they offer him his feedback. So like he is within that circle of the original Diamond Dogs. I didn't think that was because when he's on the coaching staff and I forget who's having the issue. Uh, but yeah, we don't want to skip ahead, but. Um, right. Um, and then I like, I love the sassy character. I think I have a crush on her. Sassy's great. She's I great. love that she's small phenomenal. introduction. Uh, we should funny. maybe. We should maybe uh, add in a category substitute, uh, like best like uh, like side character, like we did for Parks and Rec, and have like a like a substitute from the actual staff. Uh, I don't know if there's another main. side characters. We'll see. Uh, it's just an idea. We can play around with it. Maybe when it's relevant, like in this case, because Sassy is a really great character. Oh, that I really love shows Sassy. Him. She's funny, hot, um, <laughs> um, very fun. Like like I said, fun brings out a different side of Rebecca, brings out a different side of Keely or enunciates a side of Keely um, is just completely fun the whole time she's there. Um, but also again, another just friend, like, you know, it's my one. And she's like, why do you think I'm here? Like, yeah, no kidding. Like, and I gives, don't care how long it's been. This is why I'm here. Yeah. And gives like Rebecca, like really harsh, like feedback, like calls her out on her bullshit, but like, is also like, you know, I'm here. She's like, because she's blaming Rupert. Rebecca's blaming Rupert for like why she wasn't connected, and and Sassy pushes back on her. Her real name's Flo, but we'll call her Sassy because that's what everyone else calls her. Yep. Um, but she pushes back and says, "You made the choice to, to to cut us out for," and like even calls out the fact that it's been six years since they've seen each other. Um, her daughter is Rebecca's um, godchild. Um, so they were clearly very close, grew up together, um, and that sort of thing. But then to have that type of friend that she that she's not like doing it in a, in a um, in a way where she hopes to like belittle her. It's very much of like, no, you're better than that, and don't blame someone else for the choice that you made. Like that was something you had control over, and you chose a different path, which is like 
fine, but don't put the blame on somebody else. Like that is on you own that. And, but I'm still here for you because it doesn't matter that that was a choice you made. I'm still here for you, but I know you can be a better person than that and don't like pass off accountability, which is a huge part of this series is taking accountability for, for your actions. Like, right. That, that was something that was thrown out there is why Keely and Jamie broke, broke up and um, that sort of thing. So like that continues to be the, a theme that like persists throughout the series. So like, yeah, totally agree. Uh, in in that strength of, of that character being introduced and, and the impact it has on multiple people, uh, Ted included. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, that's that. Any yellow cards, red cards? Do you want to throw out there? I had a couple. All right, go for it. Uh, seeing Danny Rojas's injury, the fact that oh. we saw it made it look so dumb and ridiculous. How about you just have him like clearly like running off? Well, yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous because he ends up being fine, like healthy wise. But I'm just thinking, why not have him see him run off like dribbling, cut away, and then have him yell? Like, or the easiest injury that most people should be able to fake is a hamstring injury. Don't have them fall, but just have them all of a sudden pull up and be like, oh, shoot. Like, I just pulled like something. I just think it was enunciating how crazy, like, um, superstitions are in sports and how yeah. serious people take them so time so i think they i think they did exaggerate like they wanted to be something when no one else was around and then they say like oh i shoot i saw him go in the training room this morning and the yeah. fact that the training room is the haunted room and that no one should go near it but but yeah i get it was kind of a like a stupid silly really really silly injury well it's just a week because you're actually literally watching it happen and you're just like there's no reason he like that was clearly he fake fell there <laughs> you know what i mean like and i guess it was kind of be like oh no it was a ghost push me over or something yeah. like that it's like but um the other one jamie is number 51 on man city fuck out of here what what great player has the number 51 in the history of soccer no one he's number nine on richmond give him the accurate number because no player of his caliber or on a team like that would be wearing number 51. I'm sorry. It's small little detail, but we know how specific soccer numbers are. The best players on offense are usually nine or 10. That's, that's pretty consistent that that's, those are the numbers uh, of the, the star like players on those teams. Uh, I, the 51 is outrageous. <laughs> Search and see if there's a reason. I get, I'm but trying to it think is a, a preposterous soccer number, especially for supposedly one of their best players. He's, he's a starter. He was loaned out and the young player, they recalled him. I don't know. There's, there's a lot uh, going on there. Um, my last yellow card and I was close to making it a red card, but I, I didn't because I understand why it needed to happen for the development of, of this character, Rebecca. In what world would someone with Rebecca's plan, original plan, because when it happens, we she has no indication that she's going in a different direction than her plan is, would she have traveled with the team to Liverpool? 
Well, she didn't travel with the team. Uh, well, she went, though, because the team was there. What world is a person that could give a shit about this team going to the same city that the team's going to play in? We're beginning she... to see her warm up to the team a little bit. But, like, at the time, she's still on her path to, like, pursuing her plan. We haven't had the Ted moment with Rupert. Rupert's not an owner yet at this stage. Like every sign is still pointing like the episode before that, she literally walks out of the, um, the uh, curse ceremony and has Jamie transferred out to, to kind of bring the team down. Like that's the episode right before that one, the next episode, they're traveling to Liverpool and she's like going with the team. Like I still, I'm just I, saying the major league owner who she, this is kind of like loosely, like you can see some similarities would not travel to like, she'd be like, fuck this team. I don't care. They're, I want them to do bad and I don't care what happens. Like I'm not supporting them. I do think with her role, she's still like, she still has goals for herself after she destroys Richmond. So I believe it would be a normal thing for an owner to travel with their team. And she probably still wants to look like a safe face owner safe face but I, I mean i guess you kind of throw that away when you hire ted lasso as your coach yeah but um and maybe liverpool is a super fun city yeah well i mean i get it from the perspective of they need to have the ted panic attack her bonding with the team her seeing sassy and sassy kind of bringing out the, the like all of this stuff like i get like from a storyline perspective like why it all plays out the way it does like that's why she goes and like seeing Keely rub off on her, Sassy rub off on her, her connection with Ted, um, all of these things. Like, it, I understand it from that end of things, but. It did kind of sound like when she said Keely was going and took took um, uh, Higgins. Higgins spot that it was normal for her to travel. So just because we're not, we don't see the team on the road a lot either. Yeah. So she might, tra- it might be the norm for them to travel to everything. But I do kind of get where you're going. Like, she doesn't give a shit, but she's still like spending all this time with the team. Like, which yeah. is Yeah, yeah. So small thing. Any that you had? Oh shoot, I did have one and now I'm shoot. I am I let me know when, because I also have some, I don't want to like dive like a lot into this stuff, but there are some certain things I want to talk about, about each of the episodes, for like it. extra time stuff. But yeah, if you think about what you had uh, first, um, getting, uh, I liked Danny Rojas getting introduced. I really enjoyed that character. He's really fun and, and like a nice rival for Jamie and is makes it the team have, belief that like this is why they could be good because there is this really talented player on their team so getting that was helpful um there's a line about they're talking about martin scorsese's best film what's his best film in your eyes gotta be goodfellas yeah goodfellas so i haven't seen raging bull though i i think i'd have to see that in order to that'd be very good um i did think of it what photographer still has photos on the card and not saved to their computer that Roy steals 
Um, oh, so you think he sh- would have deleted those photos after he uploaded them to his he computer? He would have moved them somewhere else because if he's a photographer and makes a living, like they only have so much space on those cards. So I don't think he would yank it out of his camera and be like, oh, these photos are still on here. Yeah, it did make sense because like you needed the um, like why Roy would have been pissed like and said, you know, stolen the card from him so that he would protect the picture. So like that makes sense. And then you need the Keeley to push Rebecca to be like, you need to tell Ted this uh, thing. I think you could have had Roy like confront him and him make like a snarky. Oh, that would have been Don't worry. Rebecca didn't ask me to take these photos this time. Yeah. And then then cut away or something. And then something like like that. And Roy would be like, the fuck you say? Yeah. And then, yeah. Then all of a sudden like going from there. So yeah, that would have been good. But that was, um, I think that was kind of my one, but otherwise. Yeah, it wasn't like a lot. Those are stretches and some of them are small, like Jamie's number 51 and stuff like that. And um, I also love the the history they spent with like going over the curse and the time they spent in like the whole city and town or whatever knows about it too. And they all congregate to into the bar and 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 share the story. And I, I kind of, and like, you know, curses and superstitions are, are a big deal in sports. So I kind of love, um, the time they spent to like put that detail and, and everything in. I mean, are you a Calvin and Hobbes fan? I thought you'd like the, oh, his yeah. quote, outside of the wit and wisdom of Calvin and Hobbes, nothing lasts forever. I was like, ah, Casey's going to love that line. Yes. Um, so that was good. Um, and then I actually liked uh, Ted flipping out on on Rebecca after uh, she ships uh, Jamie back to, to Man City. Um, because you hadn't seen him react like that at, at really any point in this um, season at, uh, or show up to this point where he shows like a, a, a more reactive and, and kind of a, like angry side to him, except at the very end where he's like, I cracked or finally cracked the recipe the best biscuits yet or whatever, which like very goes back in the character. But I thought it was great that he like challenged her a little bit. But again, it's like he's not angry because he's a talented player. He's angry because he finally like connected with Jamie and he was making progress with him. Right. And it wasn't because like you sent my best goal scorer away. What the heck are you doing? No, although there was probably a a hint of that. Well, that's the only reason he's on the team and Ted have a relationship is because he is a good goal scorer. Yes, of course. But I do think Ted, like from the character we know is he's more upset that someone he had put time and effort to and seen, seeing like this person making a better version of themselves and she's ruined that and with him making a better version of himself he was making the team better too so um the we see ted finalize his divorce um which is partially or if not the main reason why he ends up uh having a panic triggering a panic attack uh while he's in liverpool um and rebecca comforts him i just think that's great to because ted is like this presented as this perfect human being that's like nothing's wrong with him he's he's just happy and and uh you know enthusiastic all the time when it's not the case he shows he's vulnerable um and you know he has his moments where you know he's he's struggling um and needs other people to 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 support him um actually i could actually throw a red card on this though is him him freaking out on nate was kind of weird and i know in context it's He's literally just signed the divorce papers or he's about to sign the divorce papers. He's getting pestered about signing them and he's drunk. But I'm still not sure that I would 
like I fully was like, why would he have freaked out on Nate? And then like it quickly ends too. Like it's just a quick apology the next day. Like Nate's not even like impacted by it. And it's like, they just move past it. It's kind of like, wait, why, why you, (laughs) why? (laughs) We already saw him vulnerable in the state of like, he had the panic attack just before that. So I just think it's very human. Like, and I like that about him. Yeah, I guess he hadn't had the panic attack yet. I'm sorry, he hadn't had the panic attack yet. He just signed divorce papers. And I don't know how much I would have believed if he had like just answered the door and just been like. Well, I thought he would have just like Nate would have just slid the the note and then Nate uh, Ted finds it and like talks to him the next morning about it. But I think it built like in that moment, it may seem weird, um, but I do believe it builds on the issues that he has. And. Yeah. around the whole divorce and everything we see further down the road yeah. um I, I i think the apology was pretty good at the end though because he like oh, it makes sense yeah you're gonna present this to the team and yeah. so yeah i like that um the other thing um i like the ted sassy meetup i like their connection their relationship with each other it's, it's really good and their meet their meet cue is really nice at the hotel lobby um she calls him magnum pi um or the Marlboro old man, <laughs> something like that. Yep. Like, um, are, but that's good. Um, you can see Roy and Keeley have their first kiss. Um, yep. And then all those things, I'm trying to think of the, anything else that you're interested in diving into. Oh, the Rupert sharing the news about um, getting pregnant and it came out as a, or he's not pregnant, obviously. His, right. um, I got you. Yeah, his new girlfriend is pregnant and Rebecca's caught off guard by that because, you know, she said you never you always said you never wanted to have kids and he kind of gives really harsh, although maybe truthful comment to her, which is I just didn't want to have one with you, kind of is essentially what he said. And yep, which is a fair feeling to have, but very harsh to hear. And it definitely sends Rebecca spiraling probably a little bit more. Um and so like uh but yeah so um really harsh this is a tough episode for for rebecca because i think her and ted connected and then um but then finding out about her him being her being pregnant in that episode the following one is it really sets it off um and then were you surprised when rebecca told ted did you expect that to that storyline to carry on longer or did you like that it ended when it did i do like that it ended um i mean it took a whole soccer season but um, it wasn't the final episode though like when you could right, but we're pretty it was like that yeah we're farther into the season um yeah i do i do I'm glad they didn't drag her out being a villain too long. I mean, even from the jump, you could see that Ted was breaking her down. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad we didn't have to like, I'm glad she didn't get too dark. Cause sometimes if you take a character down a role that's too dark, it's hard for the people watching to accept them back. Um, so I think they towed that line well, where like she clearly was still trying to sabotage the team and get back at Rupert, but but yeah, like the route they took it with kind of getting her busted, um, going from there. Um, and almost, I mean, obviously we, I know Rupert hangs around, but 
I'm glad the Rupert storyline didn't dominate the show and I'm glad his character didn't dominate the world yeah um, I, I think they could have dragged it on for for too long if they and it's kind of like he's got to know as a certain point so I, I kind of like that they did it when they did it was actually gonna, almost in my hat trick of things because I, I like that they made that choice because it's an easy easy thing to be like let's just keep it in the dark for as long as we can and have Rebecca keep continuing to try to destroy the team in, in the background but I, I think it actually does more for her character to own up again take accountability apologize you know be truthful and honest to, to ted and, and ted acknowledge that because obviously as someone that's going through divorce himself is able to like connect and be like yeah this, this shit's hard it's gonna not make you make the, the best decisions or or be thinking perfectly uh in that moment so i liked that um and then the roy benching conversation uh i i love the beard pushing back against Ted and being like, it's more than just like, I understand, you know, when we're teaching college kids that it's not about the wins and losses, it's more important to help them become better, better people. Um, But then, you know, at a certain point, you can still have that perspective, but it, it, it's twofold. Like, it's not just that anymore. It's about winning people's lives or livelihoods are on the line, whether it's their own in their coaching positions or these players or these te- the people in the town and, and how like the success of the team really impacts this type of stuff. And I liked that they pushed that and brought that into the sports world uh, perspective, because sometimes it is actually about that too. And, and it's not just uh, all the moral wins and, and moral victories. It, it goes beyond that sometimes. And, and it can be still be both, but it, it can't be uh, it's not just one or the other sometimes. Agreed. Yeah, so I liked I like Beard doing that. And what do you think of the Beard uh, Roy benching like dynamic, like Beard pushing him for that? Um, and like I could see that's always like a, a struggle, like right, like that's the type with- of assistant the head coach needs. It it was the right answer. Like Roy needed to be benched. Um, and Roy came around to the acknowledgement of it too eventually. So yes, with the scene with his niece and all that. So yeah, I think Beard plays a perfect role where you know the majority of the time he's on board with what um ted does and and follows along with with his strategy for things um but it's great to see him not always agree and push back and he never outside of their goofy like not standing with him at at training um he doesn't publicly do it in front of the team it's behind right. it's in the office. That's where they talk about it, but he doesn't go up to Roy and be like, yeah, Roy, I know Ted wants you to play, but I don't, or it does not create dissension, which I think is key. Right. It's, it's tough love. And, and Ted, Ted knows that it's valuable too. It's why I'm sure him and beard have the relationship that they do. Um, and then Ted's not fired. The team gets relegated. Um, Ted's use of, I've never hear Ted swear. And him at the end when he win the whole fucking thing when they get back into uh, into the Premier League, I think it even took uh, Rebecca by surprise when when he said it. So it's like only one thing left to do. Yeah, and then I just want to call out his. He called out his pregame speech. We also didn't even talk about the practice rant because that's a, happens in episode six. Well, I brought it up last love. time, so I kind but of yeah. blew it. But yeah, that's uh, that's a good good moment. But then if we have his pregame talk. His do you believe in miracles? pregame talk and then the postgame talk which is like we can feel sad about this and but just acknowledge that like no one is is having these feelings and and not and 
they're not alone right now. Uh, like you have plenty of other people to lean on right now um, and move that. So I like that kind of supportive language. So anything else you wanted to address? I think that's a lot, but I wanted to. Yeah, it was a ton. We got through season one in two episodes. So, but it's yeah. good. Again, people, if you haven't watched it already, you need to, you need to be watching the show. Yeah, very, very good show. Uh, last last uh, category, uh, who is your person of the match for, for the stretch of episodes? I was torn between two people, but. I mean, I'm always torn between Ted, um, but I think I will. I actually wasn't really putting Ted in this grouping. I know Ted's like, you gotta throw him into the mix because he's the main character, but like there's. Two people actually felt like had a stronger stretch run during this. I'm curious to see who you say. I think I'll go through Rebecca. Okay. I think I will go with Rebecca. That was going to be my pick and I'll let you go first and I'll explain who I have. Her growth, again, we talked about, we see her, from the jump, you really do see her character not fully in on the dark side. Um, and slowly through these episodes, we see her turn a corner. Uh, we learn more about the divorce. Um, we learn more about how important friends are to her and why she has pushed them away um, for now, but that she truly can be a good friend. Um, and her desire to be a good friend, like, like Ted, um, her relationship with Keely grows, her relationship with Ted grows, her, um, her rate, her relationship with uh, Livingston grows, like, um, Higgins, you mean? Higgins, why did I say Livingston? Higgins. Um, so her growth is outstanding across these episodes, all the way to the season's finale, where, um, you know, her line of Ted, you and I have work to do, um, you're not going anywhere. So great finish for her, made her continue, uh, just a very, one of the very real characters of the show that I feel like a lot of people can connect with. Yeah. Um, struggling with anger, yet trying to take care of yourself at the same time. And what is the best course of action? Watching her, watching her deal with everything is, it's, it's a very realistic villain. Yeah, Who's anger, yeah, anger, sadness, um you know, a divorce, uh, being in the public eye, um, and that sort of thing. So that, yeah, she's dealing with a lot and she, she was going to be my pick too, um, for the same thing, the character development, the growth that we see, um, we start to see what we hear from Sassy is kind of the, uh, the Rebecca, the real Rebecca, uh, start to come out in, in certain instances. And, you know, we'd see her support of, of various people, uh, in particular Ted, uh, but you see like her, you know, own up to, to apologizing to Higgins for how he was, um, she was treating him. Um, and, uh, like, you know, Keely pushes her, uh, to make like tough choices, but like, it's, it's all for the sake of, of making Rebecca a, a better person in the end. And, and she does, and she makes the tough choice and, and big decision to, to, to own up to Ted and, and she's rewarded for it. Like Ted immediately forgives her. Um, and, and then makes a smart choice of, you know, letting uh, Ted stay on as coach and, and they're going to work and figure this out. Now she's like all in on it. And uh, yeah, you see that growth. Keely was my second choice and I was very close to picking her. 
uh, because of similar types of things, but because of the growth she brings out of a variety of characters, the growth she brings out of Jamie, Rebecca, uh, Roy, uh, those three characters, like she, she really helps them progress and, and grow and become better, better people. Uh, while also like still having a storyline of herself and like, you know, being a strong independent woman as she clearly says, every time she asks Roy a question in his fake press conference, where every publication is about being an independent woman. Um, and so, so she doesn't lose that, that side of her, um, despite having to, um, to be with all these other people and, and have these other things going on in her life. And, um, but yeah, super strong character, uh, growth for her over those six episodes and, and in various relationships. So, um, really enjoyed her progression too. So she was a close, I was torn between those two. Um, but yeah, so now we got season two, um, longer season, uh, 12 episodes. Um, you know, you watch them. It'll be both of our first time watching it for a second time mine was <laughs> was further away than your most recent watch but um but it's still going to be exciting to go through that what episodes uh how many do you want to do four you do three sets of four yeah let's do three sets of four that's a good call okay so we'll do episodes one two three and four uh for the first grouping of this and then uh yeah so we'll, we'll touch base again soon um and uh thanks for listening